Welcome to the School for Small Business podcast, where small business owners come to learn the keys to running a successful small business on their own terms. We've been in your shoes, scaling from the basement to the boardroom. We understand the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. And the one thing we know, business doesn't have to be hard. Let us make it easy for you. No business degree required. Join us as we unpack what it really takes to have success. The time, the money, and the freedom that you desire, all while having a massive impact on the people you serve. It's okay to want it all. If you've ever referred to yourself as an accidental entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. We're going to dive into the mindset, the strategy, and everything in between. While you're busy supporting others, let us support you. Hello and welcome back to Small Business School. I am with Katie Dooley today. I'm excited. Katie, we met a few months ago and instantly when we met, I was like, this girl's got to be on the podcast because you just have this like fresh way of talking about life and business and how it integrates and how you serve people that I think is a little bit different than what we see in the online space. So I'm excited to have you on the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and really, I'd love if you could just share like how you've built so much authority with your clients, because I think you um, serve them really, really well. And I'd love for you to like, let us know about that. Well, thanks for having me, Stacey. Yeah. um, I run Paperline Creative. It's a branding and print design agency in Edmonton, Canada. And I've been in the design industry for over a decade now, which I don't know where the time went, but I've been doing it for a long time, helping small and medium-sized business owners look really good and feel really confident in their visuals and messaging. Um, and yeah, and how do I build rapport with my customers? I think um, a lot of that just comes from giving them what they need and not what they want. Not not the, not always what they want, but putting the needs of the business first. Oh, and so this is one of the things that I love. And also when we were talking, you like really dive in with them and like really, it's not your like your standard, like what colors do you like questionnaire, but you, you do a lot of research on like, you know, how does somebody, how do they want somebody to feel, you know, how do they want to experience your business? I feel like you put a lot of time and effort into really portraying like a story through branding. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. And the, the questions I ask business owners when we're doing a big branding session um, have been years in the making to really refine this process in a way that gets me everything I need to do the work I need to do, but also gets them really thinking about their business in a different way um, and using, I love that branding is a story, but I also talk about a lot as a business tool, right? Just like your budget's a business tool, just like your CRM is a business tool, your branding's a business tool to help you make money. And I think um because I think it's the fun part right you get to pick colors and fonts and design a logo I think a lot of people forget that it's actually a tool you can use to um convert prospects faster yeah and when you're saying that I'm even thinking like I was having this conversation with a client this morning about when they're onboarding employees that they really need to like set the tone and be transparent and I think branding actually does that like right from the start with your customers, with your team, it's the very first thing that typically that people see, right? Totally. With your business. And it sets a tone for how you want to be experienced. Yep. And I've had, I mean, again, mostly we focus on the end user or 
my client's client or customer, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I have had clients come back and say like, yeah, I'm hiring better staff now um, because of the rebrand, which is is so fun to hear. But again, it's just like thinking about um, the user experience from start to finish and where branding can come in and improve it. Um, One thing I, weirdly enough, love designing is forms, like onboarding forms or intake forms. And a lot of people forget that that can be one of the very first interactions that someone has with your brand. So I remember sitting in a dentist's office and it was like clearly just printed from Word and there was no branding on it. It was just like the questions of like, what's your insurance? And it's not, it's not a bad experience, but you could make it a better experience. Okay, it's funny that you're saying that because I remember like a few years into business, I was like, okay, these forms have to look better because there's nothing worse than going to an office and like the lines are so small that you can't write in them. And that is part of the user experience. Yeah, We forget that. Yeah. And to have, you know, your business name on it or um, just some color and have it organized better or in your brand fonts can make it just. Uh, the opposite looks lazy when it's in the Microsoft Word default font and you've used a bunch of underscores to make lines. It just looks lazy. And if you're any level of business, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if you're a law firm or an accountant or a dentist and that's their first impression. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't sit well. I think that's interesting because it's one of those things that probably gets forgotten. It may be like you bring it up in terms of like you're saying rebranding, right? So like when people are ready to like really hone in and focus on like, how do we want to be experienced? And it probably doesn't start right from like, it wouldn't fit right from the start to just be like, okay, like day one in business, let's have the best forms out there. I I mean, unless like those don't have a lot of impact at the start and probably things are going to change. And like, it's probably not where your best investment is, but when you've honed in on how you want to be experienced and what you want to offer, it's like, it's time to pull all the loose ends together to have that seamless feel to the business. Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. So can you share with us like one of the questions that you think you do a little bit differently or are those trade secrets? Um, No, I can definitely, I'm, I'm trying to like, I did one this morning, actually. Um, I really start broad and then get very specific. So for example, my very first question is, what's your favorite service that you offer? Um, Or, or some word, what, what service does your ideal customer need from you? Because I mean, you were a CPA, there's lots of different things you can do for a client, but you probably had a favorite. And I mean, you have honed into that now with what you do um, in the consulting realm. Um, And the last question is, what's their name? I make my client's name their ideal customer. Oh, I love that. actually have a person in mind. Mm -hmm. I can see too how like starting with what is your favorite product, like you're already evoking the emotions, which is I think mostly what branding is about, right? It's like how people feel in terms of like how they deal with your business. So you're already starting emotionally with a, with the business owner on like, okay, what do you love? And, and I think people sometimes forget they have that option. So I often use a realtor as an example, right? You can help a buyer, you can help a seller, you can help an investor, you can do relocation, um, military relocation specialty, um, second time home buyers, 
first-time home buyers, multi-million-dollar homes, you could really figure out what you love to do. Um, instead of just, well, I'm a realtor, I buy and sell homes. You can get really, really specific um, and then use that brand to do the work that you love. And it just builds on itself because if you're doing the work you love, you typically do it better, a better job than work you don't like doing. And then those people will know people and then it just kind of builds that way. Mm. Have you ever worked with people who've told you that like once the branding falls into place, like they just feel like the rest of the business falls into place. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I have had a. Okay. So I'm not the only one. I feel like when we have misaligned branding that like just doesn't feel like it represents us anymore. It's like, it almost lingers in the back of your head constantly just like, oh, this isn't like, this doesn't feel good. Every time you see your own website, your own social media, like anything in your colors, you're like, this doesn't like, this pink is just not me. Right. And you're, you're like, this is so misaligned. And then when, when you work with somebody who like really can dive in and get it all of a sudden, you're like, okay, now I'm just free to show up. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I always say that's what I actually feel is confidence. Yeah, to, you probably to know just, that you can show up in whatever room and be representing yourself and your business well. You just like live for that feeling of like somebody gives out their business card or I don't know if we do that anymore, but like and does it with confidence or like check this out. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, okay. Before we hit record, we were chatting a little bit because one of the things that I love about you is like you just have a little bit of a different take. And we were chatting about Canva and AI in this world where you know, we want to do a lot of things DIY. There's a lot of um, noise about what investments we should be making in our business. And sometimes we think that branding is one of the areas to kind of cut back in. So we're using a lot of these free tools. Can you share with me your thoughts on brand on Canva and AI? Um, it's a trap. <laughs> um, the biggest problem with Canva and AI and AI and is still up in the air a little bit on this, but um, Canva, you can't trademark your logo. Mm -hmm. If you're using Canva created elements, you can't trademark it. Um, So from a long-term perspective, um, that can cause a lot of problems. Um, Having trademarks great when you want to sell your business, Um, it shows it's protected. You can obviously trademark in different countries. So if you're, you know, we're in Canada, but if you're working in the States, you can protect your trademark elsewhere. So if you're growing in that kind of way, um, you can't do it with Canva. Anyone could have the same logo as you if they're also using Canva elements. Um, and Canva files aren't built properly for multiple uses, right? I can, I, I can build a logo that'll look great on a billboard or on a business card, whether that's 10 feet or two inches, um, it'll look good. And then with AI, same thing, because it's not created by anyone. You can't, I know the States for sure is leaning towards, you cannot trademark graphics created through AI. Um, so if you don't own it, anyone can take it, anyone can copy it. Um, so that's not the best thing for your business. Uh, mm-hmm. And to your point, you know, you said people think it's an area where you can kind of scrimp or save on. The nice thing about branding is when it's done well, it's a one-time cost. You know, it's mm-hmm. not an ongoing subscription or you know you got to pay your insurance every year your business license like once it's done properly um it can last a really long time and that's what a good designer should strive for is longevity in their branding brands that last 5 10 15 20 years um 
because they were built with yeah, the like business in mind. Apple's Apple isn't changing. Nope. Right? Amazon. And it's been around forever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. Um, do you feel like people should come with like a little bit of clarity, like maybe stumble through a little bit of like testing their business, making sure that they have like a viable product or something like that before they invest in branding or you're like, no, this is the first step. Uh, no, I am absolutely a big fan of, you know, give yourself two or three years, especially for your service-based business and don't know who you like to work with yet. Um, I, that was me, you know, mm -hmm. when I started Paperline Creative. I was like, I just want work. I just want to make money. Um, and so I worked with anyone and took any job. And after a few years, <laughs> you realize that's not the best plan. And you figure out what work you enjoy doing the most. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's a good place to start branding. Um, because yeah, exactly. The clarity to know who you want to work with and the work you want to do is so important. It's kind of like um, they say, like, not to make emotion decisions at like an emotional high or an emotional low. I kind of think it's like the same thing as like you don't make a decision about branding on the day that like you're in love with your business or that you hate your business. So it's like you kind of got to get through the ups and down roller coasters of those first couple of years or like that learning stage and then be like, OK, I'm confident in who I am now. I also think it's important that you you remove yourself from the business and mm -hmm. that kind of experience being in business for two or three years when you realize this is business it's not personal because when it is your baby in those fresh years and you know for me someone would send negative feedback and it would crush you and now it's like no it's actually just business we're providing a service um because that's something I see quite frequently is I, ha I had a client and she is a realtor and she loves working with oil field people, people who, you know, maybe live here, but need a condo in Fort McMurray. Um, and then she said, and my favorite color is purple. And I said, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> You're like, realty doesn't do purple. Well, oil field guys don't do yeah. purple. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then she was like, oh, okay, I get it. But to be able to remove herself of like, this is not a vanity project. This is going to make me money. Um, is really important. I, I mean, we all do it. It was a vanity project for me when I started. Um, but we have since learned and grown. Yeah, isn't that true? Even starting new things. I will say like when I sold my first business and then started again, it was more about like, how do I want to be seen? And now two years, like, oh my gosh, a year and a half later, it's like, okay, how do I want my clients to experience me? Like you kind of just are in your own head at the start of a business. It doesn't matter how many times you do it. Yep. Absolutely. Mm. So cool. Okay. Um, so Canva and AI can be useful tools. Not great. If you work with a designer, usually they give you some templates though, right? Yep. I mean, I Canva wise, I'll give a lot of social media templates, but because it's all created by me and then imported into Canva um, for usability, that's not something they can stop you from trademarking and then yeah business cards will do all the print files that people need so whatever you know, that is and they can run with it you know the logo reminds me of like the like abc accounting firm at gmail.com or at hotmail.com people are like are you actually an accountant like you say you're a cpa but you got this hotmail email address like 
you don't know how to figure out how to get a you know branded email yeah it's like can you do my taxes yeah and that's such a and that's such a big part of branding um and so i always define branding as every interaction your client has with your business and then paperline creative deals with the visual branding and the messaging um, but there's obviously other parts of branding that um we don't do um, right down to dress codes and policies because it's how your client experiences your business. And that determines whether someone's going to work with you or not. Pricing is part of branding. Mm -hmm. That's why some people buy Apple computers and some people don't. Mm -hmm. It's used to filter out the people they don't want to have their product or service. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of this room that I was in one time and two different people had the same business card from Vistaprint, completely different businesses. And it was like, that was not a good look. I feel like I know exactly which business card you're talking about because I've come across three or four businesses with this exact business card. It's like brown and it's got like flowers on it. Yeah. 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 Oh, and I guess like that goes back to the logo of it's just like it doesn't look great on you when people are like oh this is familiar like you want to be familiar because it's you not mm -hmm. because you found the you know most generic card on Vistaprint right mm -hmm. and then if someone's looking for your card and there's five and they I mean I still do partially because I'm a designer I have a binder of every business card I've ever collected I also do a oh, lot of networking it. but uh someone's looking for that card and there's five that are identical to it. Um, now you've made it harder for them to become a client mm -hmm. or refer you or whatever. And that's the opposite of what branding should be doing. It should be like, I know exactly where that card is because it's a unique color or a unique shape or unique texture. And I can find it in the stack and it's really pretty. Um, so I'm going to take a picture of it and send it to my friends because they need to work with this person. Oh, I love that. So you mentioned forms in terms of like visual branding that a lot of times you, you really love doing, but people forget. Are there other things that you're like, you know, people are coming to you and, and you really enjoy working on them because they're maybe a little bit different than the status quo logos? Um, that's tough. I mean, I love, I love my logos um, for sure. Whenever people have like a really creative idea, um, those are always fun for me. So I have one client and every year they put out a beer and a coffee. It's a real mm -hmm. estate company, but every Christmas they do a beer and a coffee. And so that one's always fun to, I get to do the packaging for it. So I get to design cans and labels for the coffee. Um, I've been actually doing a lot of packaging lately and it's packaging is fun because I like, because people are creating something physical and really cool. Um, that does sound fun though, like to have your own you know, can label or bag label that you can give to people for Christmas. And I think even, um, obviously they have, like I said, beer or coffee, but you know, how do you provide people with, um, you know, for me, if I give someone a box of business cards, I can put a sticker on or I can design my own box or if you're giving someone their financial statements, what kind of presentation folder look like? Um, there's a lot of fun ways you can add, um, packaging into even a service-based business. Um, I have gift bags printed for a not-for-profit I do work for. You can get tissue paper printed with your logo on it. Um, there's so many things uh, you can have a lot of fun with. You have my mind going in so many different directions for all the different businesses of like, oh yeah, the tissue paper. I love that. There's nothing better than getting 
like a package in the mail and it's like actually packaged like it's a gift you feel great opening it yeah um another one I love that I think is just such a great touch point again um kind of regardless of what business you have is greeting cards so I send out really fun Christmas cards I send out really fun birthday cards um like thank you cards. I have cards that say you rock. So whenever someone does something nice or cool, I can send them out. I have, I'm not going to show you the address, but I have lime green envelopes. So when someone gets it in the mail, it's, they know what it is. It's pretty hard to ignore. Um, um, what's your take on animation? I saw one time this logo that was created and part of it was like easily animated for a website. And I thought that was pretty cool. It was for a construction company a little bulldozer in it that like moved. I think that's great. I think especially um, as video becomes more and more prominent, whether that's a reel or a TikTok or YouTube channels or things like this. Um, I think having an anime logo is definitely a benefit. You, you wouldn't want to design it with animation in mind. Mm-hmm. Makes- kind of like no. both, right? Like you yeah, want you it to be static. functions as it is. Um, and doesn't need the animation to tell some story or make it clear what what it is. But um, I think it's awesome to have, for sure. That's so cool. Okay, if someone's thinking about like, okay, you know, I've heard you talk, you're a couple years into business, they're like, I'm feeling like I kind of know where I'm at. What kind of homework should they do before they're like speaking to somebody um, to get their brand cleaned up? Uh, I think if you want, again, that kind of customer first branding, who's using your product or service, I take some time to think about who your favorite customers are. Um, mm-hmm. And if you have that kind of relationship with them, I would take them out to lunch and figure out more on the personal side of things, because that's where the marketing gold is. You know, we can say a business needs their taxes filed and their financial statements. Um But what am I doing when I'm not working or what are my pain points when I'm working that I'm going to think of you as the expert, whether it's taxes or not, using an accountant as an example. Um, Or how can you get in front of people in unique ways? So I'll give you an example. Um, I have a friend, he's a financial advisor, and he told me one day, he's like, I love working with the South Asian community, Uh, whether they're first generation or second, you know, I've been in Canada for the last, like I love working with the South Asian community. And I said, you need to learn the rules of cricket. They love cricket. I mean, I'm in, I'm in Millwoods in Edmonton, so a very prominent South Asian community. There's a massive cricket tournament every summer. Sponsor it. But if you know the rules, then you can talk to them about it. And you will stand out because such a tight-knit community, cricket's a tough game to learn. And they'll know you took the time to care. But you need to know what they're personal lives look like not just their finances um to do some of that so the homework is to pay attention I also used to keep this like notebook of things that customers would say and um it would be like those one-time comments where they're like oh my gosh thank goodness you did this like I've got blah 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 on the go did not have time to think about my taxes And those were the types of things that were always like, ooh, this is a hint into like how they do life. Yep. Uh, I have another, I have a friend, she's a mortgage broker and she spends a lot of time at the hockey rink. And she had even told me that a lot of her referrals come from the hockey community because, you know, same thing, tight knit, they're there all the time. 
um, highly involved. And I said, why do you not have an ad on the board? Especially mm-hmm. if you know, not Rexall Place, but if you're at a local rink, take out an ad on the board. Um, so you're already sitting there and now everyone's staring at your logo mm-hmm. as well. Um, and it's even better when your friend next to you like refers it and then they look up and they see it on the boards and they're like, oh, okay, like right? this is a calling. I need to contact this person. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, really get to know them. If you can take them out for lunch or a coffee or pick their brain and, and figure out some of the, the backstory, that's where the really interesting marketing strategies can come from. Oh, I love that. Okay. Amazing. Any last pieces of advice for listeners? Um, I'd say once you have your branding, be really consistent with it. Um, that's how you build trust and, and recognition, right? How people get to know you. Yeah. Instead of just going out for like one specific purpose, like, okay, I'm getting my website redone, like really take a look at what your systems are, how people are interacting with you and, and utilize yeah, and that. When things are updated, you know, like you said, forms might not be first, but make sure you get to your forms or email signature, whatever little thing that is, because that's how people will start to clue in and go, okay, yeah, I recognize this business. That's amazing. Katie, thank you so much for sharing your time, your expertise. We'll share all your contact information in the show notes, but I just want to say thank you. Thank you for caring so much about small businesses and and how people experience them and, and their success. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the School for Small Business podcast. That's right. I'm saying thank you because I believe so heavily in small businesses and how they are the backbone of our community. And I am so grateful that you are taking the steps to make sure that your small business is here for the long run, supporting your family and your community. And I just love it. If you found any nuggets from this episode that were helpful to you, I want to ask you a favor. I want to ask that you share them with a friend. Because if you found them helpful, somebody else will as well. And it's that concept of the rising tide raises all ships. So please go ahead and share with a friend, whether it's on social, maybe you're sending them an email the old school way. I don't know, you want to send a letter, but any way you want to share, I would just be eternally grateful. And as always, like please just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I love to chat with small business owners.